Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey friends, great to have you back for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. I have a special guest with me today. His name is Caleb Dye from Tennessee. Hi, Caleb. How are you doing? It's good to have him. He's got that accent that we all love and in, in uh, just in the belt buckle of the United States. The Bible Belt. The Bible Belt. Yeah. Can you yodel? No. No? No. <laughs> Not good anyway. <laughs> I don't know. My son and I were listening to yodeling recently. Oh, we're totally way off base here. But uh, anyway, um, and we just, anyway, up, up north in Maine, the, I grew up hearing yodeling. I, I know in the mid-Atlantic as well. But in Tennessee, there's a girl in the Bible college that can yodel. Oh, she, really? Yeah, from like Finland. I, oh. I can't think of her name right now. But yeah, oh. she yodeled in class one day. Is she from Tennessee or no? Fin- she's from Finland. Oh, yeah, she can yodel. I was like, yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, random, <laughs> random. All right. Well, hey, it's great to have Caleb. He's a a new student in our Bible college. He's got a heart to preach. His wife's getting ready to have a baby. Yeah. So a lot of great things happening in his life, and I'm glad to have him with me. And in our studio today. And I just wanted to share uh, about a thought and we're going to unpack it together. And I want to just consider the New Testament church and how it's in contrast to today's, uh, just today's church, today's believer. And I, I want to inspire and provoke us to think today about just the value of contrast. And I wrote a couple things down here that help us understand just the difference between uh, how people thought in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, 41 through 47, we, we see this beautiful picture. But um, today's Christian or today's environment, people are talking a lot about safety, be safe, um, you know, really take care. There's like this huge emphasis on uh, just being very careful and cautious. But it, in the New Testament church, they were ready to lose their life. They were they were very cause-oriented or Christ-oriented versus self-oriented. Uh, another contrast was uh, they were focused on community. And in today's, today's world, we see a lot of isolation, a lot of uh, preferences and people being set apart unto themselves. Where in the in the book of Acts we see community breaking bread together, uh, listening to the apostles' doctrine, um, very much being uh, looking out one for another. We see another interesting um, uh, con- contrast about that the New Testament church was confrontational, mm. and today a lot of people are just maybe giving excuses or seeking to be comfortable. And uh, that word confrontation is not a, not necessarily a comfortable word for many, but, but really we could, we don't have to be rude or disrespectful, but we can initiate another way of thinking in love. And that's very important not to be silent. Uh, In the New Testament church, a lot of people were poor comparatively to the churches and uh, lifestyle today, which people are seeking to be rich and seeking to have material blessing. Uh, in the New Testament church, it was a move of God. They were seeking after God, the Holy Spirit, the 
the signs and wonders of the miracles of God, but today we're seeking more of a movement of man. Uh, prayer was a huge emphasis in Acts 6.4. Uh, we were given, devoted to prayer and the ministry of the word, where today there is a lot of activity without prayer and doing, doing, doing. And another one is persecution, lots of persecution in the book of Acts, uh, where today we're seeking approval. We're, see we're very divided, unfortunately, and uh, persecution is looked at as a bad thing. But in the New Testament church, God is adding and scattering and mobilizing based on his plan, his purpose. So persecution reflects oftentimes a... Uh, you know, God is moving, right? And then lastly, I mean, we could have a huge list here. Um, I thought of the New Testament church. They were so focused. Their face was like a flint. They were so focused on preaching, teaching, evangelizing, ministering, going by faith, where today people are small-minded and uh, faith is kind of an additive. It's kind of a, a secondary thought. And there's more excuses and more of this idea of uh, we can't do this because it might offend somebody. Uh, so you can see this contrast. And uh, let me give you one other. They clung to grace. I think we see that over and over in the, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, verse 33. There was, they saw the grace of God before they heard the grace of God. And there's an interesting uh, statement in 2 Samuel 23, that gives us a beautiful picture of how the New Testament church clung to grace. They clung to it. They held on to it. And there's a Eleazar in 2 Samuel 23.10. He was fighting the Philistines all day until his hand clung to the sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. It means that Literally, his hand and his muscles and his nerves were so stiff and cramped that he could not let go of his sword. It was literally clinging to him. Hmm. And I think that's a beautiful picture of the New Testament church, how they clung to grace, where today a lot of people just seek experience and uh, some sort of um, you know, experience or some sort of subjective idea. So... I got Caleb in the studio today, and I, I just gave a lot of information there, Caleb. But mm. do you see a contrast in our in today's world? And and let's say let's say you're a New Testament Christian, mm. right? In light of what we just said, what how is my life different? How is my life different? How can I be a New Testament Christian? Well, first we have to uh, we have to take the focus off of ourselves, right? The New Testament Church really emphasize magnifying and focusing on Christ. Uh, and very often today we can get caught up in the hustle and bustle. And, and it's kind of like what I want, what I feel, right? Talking about seeking experience, um, you know, like is is the worship music, uh, you know, what I like, you know, is or are the lights the way that I like them? Does the preacher preach in a way that makes me feel good? Um you know, community, right? They, they were very much about taking care of one another and the church. Um, and so often we can shrink back and isolate and, and just worry about ourselves and not focus on the needs of others. Um, 
And I think also when we focus on the needs of others, uh, like it, it takes the focus off ourselves. We can really appreciate everything that Christ has done for us more, mm. you know? Um, so yeah, uh, activity. I mean, they, uh, like, uh, pastor Jason has, has something that he says, like not, not all, uh, what, what is it? Not all activity is progress. Right. right? Not activity is progress. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we could have a lot of activity, but not really making progress for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, what so. about danger? Do you think the New Testament church, I think of Stephen, I think of Acts 17, um, Acts 20, 20. These men uh, didn't want to have danger. They, they wanted to live peaceably, mm-hmm. but they began to preach. They began to minister. And danger found them. Uh, persecution found them. Yeah. Uh, because there was another kingdom that was trying to shut them up. Yeah. You love to street preach, right? Yeah, I do. Um, was well, is where I'm calling. I just don't feel right if, if I'm not not doing what I've been called to do. Um, but I think it's very beautiful. I mean, like you said, they weren't going out of their way. Um, they were doing what they were called to do, and then, you know, confrontation happens, mm-hmm. and. And I think it's 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 really good. Um, the Bible talks about when confrontation, doing it in a spiritual spirit of gentleness. You yeah. know, we notice how Stephen, you know, he sat there. You know, he didn't lash out at them for what they were doing. You know, instead he he he, he prayed for them. He's like, Father, like have mercy upon them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and I, I really love what Adrian Rogers said one time. Adrian Rogers said the problem with Christians today is that nobody wants to kill them. <laughs> Oh, so, because uh, I mean, how <laughs> wow, <laughs> how often are we actually confronting people, even in a spirit of gentleness, you know, not mm. not being, you know, uh, condemning or anything like that, but confronting them in love and truth uh, and, and sharing this life saving message with them. Uh, you know, how often are we actually doing that? Yeah, don't you think I was telling you re- uh, recently about I was I was at the gym and it was gay pride month and um there were flags everywhere, just kind of in your face. And I'd written an email, no one responded, but I, I went and talked to one of the managers today and I just said, Hey, listen, this was disturbing for me um, just to witness this in my face. And I said, the, this particular gym had roots that had Christian roots. And I said, I think the founder would be rolling in his grave if he saw where you all have taken it. And we understand the slide that that our country is in right now. It's, they don't want contrast. They want to just be global. They just want to have unity. Love is love and, you know, don't have any type of backbone. And so my conversation with this man was, was cordial, but I just, he said, I'm sorry, I can do nothing about it. And I think a lot of Christians think like that. Oh, we can't do anything. We're one voice. But in the book of Acts, it was the one voice that changed things. I think of um, the three Hebrew boys, right? They Mm. changed the nation. I think of Daniel. I think of uh, Esther, Mm. Esther uh, 4.14. I think like in the New Testament, these were men and women that confronted in love, but had backbone and tenacity to stand firm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think also like when we get to thinking that I can do nothing because I am nothing or I am no one, well, then you're not understanding your identity in Christ because it's not about me or my voice or what I can do because I have no power. I have no voice. 
It is the spirit and the power of God behind the individual mm. that really that really moves and changes and transforms. Yes. And, and and it goes back to magnifying Christ, you know. What was that verse you were going to read today in Acts? Acts 20, I think it was, right? Acts 20, Paul is talking to the Ephesian elders um, in verse uh, 18. It says, when they arrived, he declared, you know that from the day that I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I have endured the trials that came from me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus. See, Paul Paul didn't mince words. I mean, he loved people where they were at, but he had a message, right? Um, I love that. I did not shrink back. And I think, you know, yes, the New Testament Christians took care of their family. Yes, they were uh, faithful to their jobs. Sure. But they lived for something far greater than just the collection of materialism. They, they saw, we see that Christ um, was ascended and these men became disciples that went into all the world preaching. Uh, yeah. And, and the, the gospel uh, went around the world and changed men and the, the world we know it as of today. Um, I, I just I love this because the grace message was something that was very pivotal. And I, I, I read this today by Dr. Strom. He says, grace ceases to be grace if God is compelled to bestow it in the presence of human merit. Grace ceases to be grace if God is compelled to withdraw it in the presence of human demerit. Grace is treating a person without the slightest reference to, des to deserving whatsoever but solely according to the infinite goodness and sovereign purpose of God. Mm. So where's man in that equation? He's not there. Yeah. <laughs> so small. Yeah. Romans 2, 4, you know, it's the grace of God that leads a man to repentance. Mm. You know, it's, it's God's, it, uh, I think it was Pastor James Bryson. I, I listened to a message that he had preached and he, he talked, he, he like gave the image of, of God's grace, like the ocean. It's just like mm. waves and they just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And it yes. overwhelms us. Yes. You know, and it's like, it's there no matter what you do, no matter what you've done, no matter what you will do, it was paid for. Amen. And that message today is very powerful. It's a trans, it's a transformation message. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Caleb, you, you have a great story. I love how God's brought you to Baltimore. It's miraculous on so many levels. Um, it's a new Testament journey, really how God just spoke to you. You obeyed the Lord, how God just connected you to some of our people mm -hmm. and just your faith obedience, every single. So, so if you were to talk to somebody today about what a new Testament what a New Testament Christian looks like, what would you tell them? What would you say to them? Put yourself on the shelf. Put yourself on the shelf. Okay. Yeah. Unpack that. Yeah. I like that. Kind yeah. of, are you a poet too? No, I'm not. I, <laughs> I, I can't take credit for that either. There was uh, my uncle who was a pastor. He, he used to say that a lot uh, okay. and it didn't resonate with me until later. I was like, you know, you know, thought he was being like Dr. Seuss or something, but then, oh, but oh. then later it, it, you know, getting into, you know, then I wasn't as in depth and study, but, but now it, it makes sense. And, and it just goes back to, 
you know, when we're when we're focused on Christ and we're and we're focused on what Christ has told us to do, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Mm. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm. Okay. So when we are doing what Christ has told us to do, right, we are submitted to his headship um, and we're submitted to his headship. We're submitted to uh, our bosses and our uh, employers um, and in our marriages, in our relationships with one another. We're focused on being servants and serving. And when you're serving, you like the focus is not on you it's on others yes and and when we when we fully do that you know like it, it really helps put things in perspective yeah so many people trip over themselves or they want us to be the we, we our natural wants to be the center absolutely but we just read it if if we're at the center then god's grace is stifled god's mm. power is stunted right yeah um i just think again like you took steps of faith uh, because you had conviction, right? Absolutely. You have conviction. I think the New Testament church, that there was conviction there. I think there was great love. I think there was unity based in Christ. Um, and they were not afraid to say or do or leave where they were comfortable for the cause of the gospel. And um, I don't know, today I feel like there there's a lot of weakness the wrong kind of weakness yeah timidity cautiousness yes um and i think as men we are courageous only because of the spirit mm -hmm. we're not like a a rambo or anything like you you may be like a rambo, <laughs> no, <right>? no. <laughs> but like our, we're, we have right what is it uh psalm, uh, psalm 28 one we are lions right mm -hmm. we have courage um so let's say someone is maybe by nature timid, uh, what, what could they learn from the New Testament church believer? Like Stephen, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Paul, Cornelius. Yeah. Um, we could name a bunch, but yeah. what, what, what would they learn? You know, I, I would like to, you know, th that's important. I mean, Stephen, I mean, what he did it through the power of the Spirit. Right. They, they were empowered from the spirit. It was strength that was not their own because in our flesh, I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how courageous you are, how brave you think you are, or maybe stupid, but maybe, you, better, yeah, yeah. maybe you know, <laughs> but Reckless, yeah. yeah, when, when you stand in the face of persecution like that or, or any adversity, if you are not empowered by God, then you will fall. You will crumble. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, was it Jeremiah? He says, you know, like, I am only a child. Like, what mm. can I say? And the Lord said, like, I will give you the words to speak. Say not that I am a child. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's beautiful. And I think it's, it's, it's this, it was the same for Stephen and the, and the rest of the apostles in the New Testament church uh, that they understood, like, it, it is not me. Like, when it comes time to speak, the Lord will give me the words to say. Mm -hmm. He will give me the courage to stand and he will give me the boldness. So, Acts 6, 4, they were continually dedicated to the word and, and prayer. Absolutely. Like in secret, we're prepared. So then when we're called upon, we're ready. Being ready. In readiness. Yeah. Readiness of mind, right? The Bereans had readiness of mind. Um, I mean, our world is so, it's like shifting sand, isn't it? I yeah, mean, absolutely. you've got liars in, in leadership everywhere. You've got uh, a weak church, maybe. People yes, that absolutely. are just trying to keep the offerings rather than 
preach the whole council and let God take care of their needs. Maybe mm. you have people that are just kind of like giving up. It's just too great. I, I thought of this today. Like, do we know the difference between stress and resistance? A lot mm. of people are stressed today because mm. they're internalizing their trouble. But resistance is also a pressure, but it means that we're walking in the right direction and the devil's on our tail and uh, we are constantly in dependence of God. So resistance is good. Stress is not good. Yeah. I mean, right? Anxiety. There's so much talk about it, but but really, I'd rather be walking in the right direction and have resistance. It means that I'm walking in God's way. It's easier to go down, straighten it up. Yes. What would you say about that? Did you think the New Testament ch church, were, do you think they had some uh, resistance? Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, they may have been the exception to going upstream, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I mean, just consistent, I mean, Paul, you know, being shipwrecked and, and doing all these things. I mean, no matter what they faced, like, and no matter what happens in our life, like it is, it is just easier to be in obedience and walk in accordance to where God is calling you and, and following his leading. And it's when we get off that path that things get shaky. I, I love, you mentioned earlier, um, the Radshak, Meshach, and Bendigo, they, uh, they, they stood, they got thrown in the furnace, right? And the fire's blazing, it's hot, right? But they were not consumed. Mm. And and I think it's the same thing for the New Testament Christians. Like they were in the midst of the fire, but they were not consumed by the fire, mm -hmm. right? God was there with them. Uh, and it's the same for us. Like we like there's the chaos all the way around it. And like when we take the focus off of Christ, when we stop, right? And we start looking at all of our problems and then it starts to and, and like, you know, envelop us like, just consume us. Yeah. I mean, the devil wants to close our mouths, right? He wants to shut us down. He wants us absolutely not to take steps of faith. There's such a plague of busyness, wouldn't you say? Like this busy, 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 got to do, do, do. Yeah. But I love the New Testament church was prayerful and then very active, but they were active in the right things. I think our schedules, so important to uh, have a prayerful mind according to our schedules and um, not trying to do and be all. Um, I love what you said, put yourself on the shelf. Like uh, one writer says that I am second. That's another kind mm -hmm. of tag phrase, like hashtag. But really persecution, um, not that we want this, but we see that the one voice prevailed, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think of Jesus was one of those prevailing voices. I think of uh, Barnabas and Paul and and uh, so many. Peter, these yeah. were prevailing voices. And I think as Christians, we can, the contrast is, hey, it's like you said, it's easy to go downstream. It's easy to just kind of go with the flow. Don't rock the boat. But but like Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, he's a he was a German preacher uh, during the war. He says we must interrupt people's lives because they're they're on their way to hell. We must interrupt them yep. and say, "Hey, listen, this is this is the way to destruction." Yeah. And um, you're you're a preacher. You have got fire in your bones. Like when you're out there preaching, what are some things you want people to hear? Um, like interrupting yeah, them. Yeah, like interrupting them. Absolutely. Like consider your ways. Like you know there is a consequence 
for action and there is a consequence for inaction. God's grace is a free gift and it is there for everybody. And, you know, know, God loves me. He would never send me to hell. It's like, no, you will send yourself there because you rejected the free gift that he offered you, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, like that when I'm, when I'm out preaching the, really this, the message is, is, you know, like God's grace is sufficient. Like no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no -hmm. matter who you are, like God's grace is there. Yeah. You know? There's such a brokenness, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. A lot of people, I mean, I see in the United States, especially it's the de-churched. They're disconnected or detached from the church because of either wounds that they've done or, or they have received, right? Yeah. Comparatively um, to the unchurched, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people have a, a presupposition of their idea of church. Maybe they were around a church when they were young that never really stuck. They didn't really understand it. They didn't understand the message or, you know, maybe church hurts a real thing. You know, yes. people are betrayed or or whatever. Um, but when I talk to those people, the one thing that I try to get them to convey, like to convey to them is that like if if you stop going to church or, you know, you stop being a Christian, which the, you don't stop being a Christian. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> when, when I get those responses, I, you know, I in the most graceful way possible, just communicate like like tried to have them see like your faith was never in God. It was in man. And, and, and cause, cause we understand like we live in a fallen world and, and people don't always do the right thing. Sure. And, um, even Christians, right. We mess up, we fail. Yes. Um, and we ask forgiveness and, and we learn from it and we keep going. Um, and, and I, and I think just really understanding like, that like we have a sin nature we are fallen we are not perfect and so we must put our faith and trust in the one who is yes well see there's another divine contrast forgiveness yes like the world holds a grudge world the world gets bitter the world wants vengeance but the contrast of a new testament believer was forgiveness i mean think about saul when he was brought into the antioch Mm -hmm. i mean everyone was very suspicious and, you know, rightly so, because this is the guy that just probably took out parts of their family. Right. Yeah. But the contrast was, let's forgive him three years in Antioch. And look at he's he is one of the major contributors to the New Testament. Yeah. Um, it converted like, yeah, a, like a, a, most of the world from a jail cell. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, he went from killing everybody and then they forgive him and then they yeah. go to hiding him in a well, you know, to try to, to save his life. Yeah. You know, how tempting for them would it have been just to let him die? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And God blinded him and he was in a place of weakness. Yeah. I think of Jesus was like a revolutionist. I, I love he just spoke to the heart and he was like he always spoke to the heart. He was not seeking approval. He was not seeking to be a friend of of everybody. So he had no witness, but he. He was bearing the witness of his father. Yeah. Contrast. We we must have contrast, right? Yes. Not not in the sense of alienation or walls, but but we uh, we have to have like roots that go deep into the Bible. Otherwise, we have no authority. Absolutely. Yeah. If we don't have, you know, like you said, continued study in the Word and in prayer. Right? If we're not in the Word, and if we're not in prayer, like, we will have no power. Like if you don't study to show yourself approved and if, if you're not prayed up, you know, you won't succeed. You can't just roll off the couch from watching your soap opera. And, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You know, I, I love uh, even helping out in Elkton a little bit. We've been doing a Bible study up there and just where God has taken you from. You said an interesting statement to me. You said um, it's either bad teaching and good leadership or bad leadership and good teaching. Like there's like this contrast that that really destroys everything. Right. Yeah. So we don't want to be neutralized, but like Acts 19 is a good chapter to read 11 through 26. I mean, you see miracles, you see people being um, healed, you see evil spirits being departed, you see um, the the uh, sons of Sceva there, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? Uh, we see riots happening. I mean, you see that God is very much... Uh, stirring it up. And I think in Elkton, in the Northeast in general, a lot of drugs, a lot of broken families. Absolutely. And like grace is exactly the message that teaches us to deny ungodliness. Grace changes everything. Mm. It, it brings an unlimited source to a limited source and expands our life, right? If you were to say how grace has changed your life, or how about this? Grace changes everything. What would you say about that? Absolutely. And we'll close. True. Absolutely. Because we could talk about yeah. that for the next six years or 10, <laughs> 10 years. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Any any other any message other than God's grace and mercy being preached is a message that shouldn't be preached. You mm -hmm. know, it's um God's grace and mercy is is just absolutely beautiful in the in the and and it and it does. It changes everything, it changes life, it changed my life. I went from being an alcoholic and a drug addict, you know in jail out of jail and and god just totally just i mean reached down and and it was his grace and his mm -hmm. mercy not doing what through the eyes of man i probably deserved uh -huh. and then bestowing upon me the things that i don't deserve right you know god's grace is beautiful it changed me you know i i was rehabilitated you know you know drug alcohol free uh got my life back got my life together and and now i'm married so, Caleb, that's amazing how God has literally reconstructed or given you just a brand new beginning and how grace, you know, has given you what you don't deserve. And uh, really just how the world is all about, you know, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. That legalism just creates blind, blind people that have no teeth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but grace. See grace comes in and shows us the person of Christ. It shows us the work of God. It shows us the work of the cross. And that's the only thing that helps us. That's why it changes everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. Be more like Christ, conform to his image. Yeah. You know, each and every day. So last comment here. What, what would you say to somebody that is seeking just to have a New Testament perspective, a New Testament Christian walk, uh, maybe you want to be part of a New Testament church. What would you say to somebody? How would they cultivate that? Uh, first of all, you need to be discipled by somebody. Um, you need to find somebody who is in the word, knows the word, can teach you the word. Um, and if you are somebody who knows the word, can teach the word, then you need to disciple somebody else. Um, and really that is gets you involved in a community. Uh wise counsel, you know, to set you in the right direction. Um, because otherwise you're just out there floating in the wind there's no, there are no Lone Ranger Christians. Uh, we do, we do things together. So getting a Bible believing church, uh, somebody you trust with the word, if, 
you don't know anyone, Pastor Jason's a good resource. Um, and... I'll pay you later for that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, uh, yeah. He's got plenty of free time. So, so, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so sure. fill it, fill it yeah, up. Between 12 midnight and 5 a.m. That's about <laughs> what it's like these days. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, you know, understanding the grace message, uh, being discipled, disciple somebody else. Uh, I think when, you know, we're called to uh, be disciples, uh, I think the Greek word is matheteo and the matheteos, right? Uh, disciple teachers and disciple learners. Um, yeah, and, and then teach and then and find out what God has called you to do and and be obedient and walk in it, you know? And not everybody's called to preach and stand on a street corner and be crazy, and not everybody's called to be a pastor of a church, but sure. but we can serve God in our day-to-day lives. If you're a mechanic, if you're, you know, a plumber, you know, you do trade work, if you're a secretary, whatever, you know, what is it, Colossians 3, do everything unto the Lord, you Excellent. know, in, in word or deed. So I think that's big. Like we... Like wherever we are, it's our mission field, right? Absolutely. You know, we give eight hours for eight hours pay. It's more like 12 hours for 12 hours pay nowadays. But but it's like I'm spirit filled, right? Absolutely. We're having, I think guys need an adventure. Yeah. I think we need adventures. I think we can slip into sin because we're bored or because there's no real challenge in our life. But the New Testament was full of challenge, full of adventure, full of... um, the work of God, we saw the move of God, not not a move of man. And um, but getting back, being spirit filled where you are, God will show up. God will give you what you need. Um, God will be faithful to meet the needs. I think a lot of guys we can get our contrast is, uh, you know, we're motivated by guilt or motivated by need. And God is saying, be motivated by love. Yeah. Be be bloom where you're planted, right? That's right. Yeah. And uh, hey, Don, uh, Caleb, great to have you. Thanks for um, having me. It's yeah. Fun. And hopefully our listeners in, was encouraged by this. So um, <clears throat> I just would say let's live in the spirit and there will definitely be a contrast and know that God will be faithful. And let we have to open our mouth wide and he will fill it. I, I think, Caleb, there's a lot of people around us that need to hear the gospel that's been entrusted to us. So Let's open our mouths today, friends, and and speak the goodness of God. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.